The Movement Church is all about passionate people who build authentic relationships to reach limitless potential and serves Orange County, California. For more information, visit us online at theocmovement.com. We hope you enjoy this message from The Movement. Man, what an honor to be back home at The Movement Church. And uh, last week I was, I was with a friend in Temecula, just over the Ortega, uh, another guy who planted with the organization that we planted with. And it's just so cool to see what God's doing throughout the region through the local church. Can I get an amen for that? Amen, amen just means I agree. So if you don't agree, you don't have to say it. It's no big deal. But we are right here week two in the series called Marked. And as we dive into this, I was thinking about uh, the word. That's a, special, that's a special message for some of you today. And I was thinking about the word intentionality. Uh, or being intentional. And I wonder how many of us are going through life accidentally or intentionally. Like, I wonder what would happen if every decision that we made and everything that we did, every action that we took had intentionality to it. Like, at the end of the day, when you go home to your family to sit down around the dinner table, or do we even do that anymore? Or has the home become more like you know, multiple fast food restaurants where we kind of get what we need and go to our, our spaces, our room, and put our iPad on and eat dinner, do our homework, and move on. But I wonder, I wonder what would happen if, if we made the dinner table an important place again to reconnect at the end of the day to find out how everybody's doing, what's going on in their world. I wonder what would happen if we were intentional husbands about being romantic to our wife for more than the purpose of getting lucky that night. I wonder what would happen, wives, if we spoke purpose and destiny to our husbands instead of telling them what they're doing wrong. I wonder what would happen if we looked at our career or our marketplace or the job that we work at as more than just a place to make money or a place to be miserable, but maybe a mission field. That every morning when I go in on Monday, I have an opportunity to speak life and purpose into someone who's there. Intentionality. I wonder what would happen if... We looked at Christianity as a lifestyle as opposed to something that I do on Sunday mornings. What would that look like? In fact, if we call ourselves a Christ follower, what's that supposed to look like? Is there something that's supposed to be different about you and me? Or is it supposed to be just everyday, ordinary life? I just happen to spend Sunday mornings for an hour and 20 minutes with some amazing people drinking some amazing coffee. And the pastor's pretty good looking too. I wonder if... I wonder if there's something we're supposed to be doing specifically. It's kind of a trick question. It's what this series is about. The markings of a Christian. Last week I listened to Megan's sermon on podcasts. I've got my red yarn on and I listened to her talk about the freckles that mark her body. It's one of the things I fell in love with in the first place. I like to play connect the dots, but that's another story. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. (laughs) And I listened to her talk about the markings of a redhead, right? And what are the markings of a Christian? I'm so grateful that God knew that we might struggle with this question or we might wonder, what is the direction? And is there intentionality to being a Christ follower or is it just kind of more the same and I strive hard to be good? And I'm so grateful that God had Paul an amazing author in the scripture, write down what the markings of a Christian are. And in my Bible, my, my leather-bound version, not the app version, it's, it actually says as a heading, the marks of a Christian. And this is what the passage reads in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 20. It says this, Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. 
Love one another from brotherly, with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight and repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. And I love this passage. Verse 21. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The marks of a Christian. And that can seem challenging, right? That's a whole list of stuff. And some of you just stopped listening to me because you have ADHD. And you stopped listening to me after verse 1. That's okay. We're taking this series to break apart this passage of Scripture. And endeavor to discover what does it mean to be a true follower of Christ, to be marked as a Christian. Last week, Megan talked about being genuine in love. She talked about not looking through the lens of judgment and jealousy, comparison, or competition. Got it. Today, I want to talk about verse 10. And this is a passage that really means a lot to me because I believe it's a, a, a character quality that's lost in our culture today. It's verse 10. It says this, Love one another with brotherly affection... And if you've got it in your app, highlight this passage. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. I want to focus in on the word outdo and showing. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. So obviously, the concept and the principle of honor matters greatly to God. And obviously, it's more than just an ideal. And it's more than just the notion of respect but it requires some type of action. And he's saying it's so important that he wants us to do everything we can to honor the person or the people that are known to be followers of Christ or those that are in our sphere of influence and to outdo them in showing honor. So what is honor and how do we show honor if this is really going to be a mark of our life? If we're calling ourselves a Christ follower and you sit here today, this is something that God's saying, hey, this is important for you and for me. We need to lean in and listen for a moment. If you're here today and you're wavering in your faith, then then you kind of get a hall pass on this one. You just get to listen to some of the concepts that the Bible talks about today. This is outdo one another and showing honor. So how do we do that? How do we show honor? Well, first, we've got to recognize that in order to show honor, the price is already set. When you read the scripture right there where it says, outdo one another in showing honor, in the original translation, the word honor, it literally means that the valuing and the price has been set. How many of you ever purchased something on Craigslist before? Raise your hand. Awesome. You know that you know that you know that you know you're not going to give them the amount that they put on Craigslist. You're going to go in, you're going to barter, you're going to offer your child, you're going to give them your spouse, whatever it is. You need that couch that's nasty and smells of pet odor, but you want it badly. 
And even if they say the price is firm, you know, I don't care. I'm not walking away giving you the amount that you ask for. Like when you go to a, a garage sale, right? Our neighborhood has a community garage sale. And basically what that means is everybody cleans out all their house, gets all their crap, throws it on the front lawn, and they swap it with the rest of the neighbors. <laughs> Truth. Right? And you just start, at our place, man, it doesn't even look pretty. We're just bringing stuff and just like dragging it out. And people will walk up and they are so excited because they want to barter with me. What they don't know is I don't freaking care. I don't want it back in my house. So I'll put five bucks on there and they'll be like, would you take four? Totally. I would have taken two. Just get it out of my front yard. Right? We had this idea that the price is not set. It's not firm. We're going to barter with that. But in honor, the, the truth, the case is completely opposite. When it comes to honoring people in our sphere of influence and in our life, the price and the value for people has already been set. You don't get to determine or judge the value of an individual. And for some of you in here, that should be freeing. If you're like me. Because for me, it's easy to go through life feeling like, man, my value changes from day to day based upon how I'm living my life. But thank God we serve a God who doesn't look at us that way. The price of an individual, the price of humanity has already been set. And we're called to outdo one another in showing honor. Um, how many of you have uh, one of these at your house? Do you know what this is? Can you see this? This is a snow globe. And contrary to wild belief, I actually have a collection of snow globes. Yes, stop judging me. Take off your glasses right now. I have a collection of snow globes. Let me tell you why. Uh, some friends of mine, when they would travel, they would bring me snow globes as a joke. Like, ha, 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 we were in the airport, got you a Texas snow globe. I'm from Texas. Tricks on you, I already got 10. Boom. And they would bring me snow globes. And it was just like, oh, great. I had to put this in my office, and it took up space, and it would get dusty. Until one day, somebody broke into our church offices in Arizona. They're probably burning in the hottest part of hell right now. But they broke into our church offices in Arizona, and they stole a booklet of CDs one computer out of 15 that were in there. And guess what else these punks stole? My freaking snow globes. That's a sad life. That's a bad place to be. When you don't have snow globes and you got to find a place to break in and steal some stinking snow globes. I got there. I was ticked. I was angry. I was like, you just took my snow globes. Dang it. That thing cost $6 at the airport in Dallas. And I need another one. So I began a snow globe collection. Now I have them from all over the world. St. Petersburg. I've got them from Paris, from uh, Istanbul, from China, from Thailand. I've got snow globes from all over. There are some that have been broken because of my kids and nieces and nephews. And I cry a little bit. Stop judging me. It's true. This thing probably costs $9.25 in the airport. It's got King Kong on the back of it and the Empire State Building. It says Empire State Building on it. You shake it. And then you're amazed for 15 seconds. <laughs> and if you were to ask me how much I'd sell this for, you might think $15. This thing has more value to me than the money that you have in your pocket. Because Star and Al Gregory purchased this for me when they celebrated their anniversary in New York. It means a lot to me. And the value said, I don't even know what I'd, give, what I'd take for it. I mean, I probably have a price. 2.5, if you're asking. <laughs> Billion dollars. You think that's ridiculous? It's a snow globe. You can get 15 more. That price is just, it's unheard of. It's not even worth that much. Well, it's not worth that much to you. But it's worth that much to me. 
Look me in the eyes and lean in for a moment. Your value is not set by your actions or your past. It's set by a God who loves you more than you possibly know. And that never changes. Ever. Nor the person on your right or your left. The people that you work with. The people you go to school with. The people in your neighborhood. That value never changes. We're called to outdo one another in showing honor. And in order to do that, we have to recognize that I don't determine the value of an individual. It's already set. A lack of honor says I don't value the giver of value. God, you don't understand who this person is. They're really obnoxious. God, you don't get it. This person literally is the worst individual in the history of mankind. We're saying we don't recognize the value of the giver. And he says it doesn't matter what you say or do. Their value is higher than you could possibly imagine. But when I honor, it says I love you because of your value and not your behavior. Not your behavior. You know, I think we, we, we live this way in life. We, we, we judge things by the external, right? We take the value of a diamond, and it's determined by the cut, the color, and some other thing, and a shade and a shape. And that's how we determine the value of a diamond. Cut, color, clarity, and weight. Everything external. And we do the same thing when it comes to humans. We look at the external behaviors and the actions and their past failures and their mistakes... And the way they rub us in the wrong way and what frustrates us most. And that's how we determine if we're going to show value to an individual. But if we're going to show honor, we have to recognize we don't set the value. God did. So how do we do that? What's the application here? How do we begin to honor people in our sphere of influence? Whether it's at work or home, the neighborhood, family members, extended family members. How do I do that? Well, number one, stop focusing on their behavior, on the external. Stop focusing on the things that you drive you crazy. I see parents do this with children all the time. They talk about the things that they're doing wrong all the time, all the time, and they never come back in and reemphasize the great attributes of characters in their kids. And so this kid only grows up hearing the things that he or she doesn't do well, and then it becomes a portion of their identity, all because there's a lack of honor in the home in the first place. So stop focusing on the behavior. Stop focusing on the external. And recognize... That Jesus set the price. I love what John 3.16 says. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that what? Whoever. Can you read that word? Whoever. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The word whoever covers all humanity. Every single individual. Look him in the eyes. Including Hitler. It doesn't change. And I know that may be hard for us. But we are grateful, whether you realize it now or not, we're grateful for the grace that he extends to us. And he's called us to honor those in our life. We've got to recognize the value. We have to recognize that to show honor, it may take a step of faith. I'll never forget in uh, 2000, in October, I think it was maybe September of 2000, I... My, my, my uh, future father-in-law was on staff at a church, and I called his secretary and said, I need an appointment to speak with this guy. I mean, we hung out all the time. We were friends, but I needed to make sure this was on the books because I was going to ask him the big question. I was going to ask him for his daughter's hand in marriage. And so I set an appointment with his secretary. His secretary got all giddy. She knew what it was all about. He knew what it was all about. He was the coolest cat in the, in the history of men. I'm telling you, this guy was awesome. 
So I go in there, and I'm like, uh, I'm like fidgeting, and I'm like moving around. Uh, Pastor Lane, um, I just want to know if maybe, uh, I don't know why I shook like that. I was wobbling, wobbling. Anyway, so I was like, hey, I, I just wanted to know, would you, if, if you're open to it, is it okay if maybe perhaps sometime in the future I might marry your daughter, and that would be okay? He had his legs crossed, and he sat back, and he said, yes, now breathe. Let's talk for a minute. Do you know that when I asked him to do that, I was making $800 a month? That's stupid. That's, that's ridiculous. It wasn't even a set salary. If some joker came to me to ask for my daughter's hand in marriage, I'm going to say, how much do you make right now? No, get another job and then come back and talk to me. Because my girls are expensive. <laughs> Lord, help me. You know what? He said yes. He said yes. Why? Because it took some faith to believe in the potential that was inside of me. And I'm so grateful he did. I'm so grateful he did. Right? He recognized that inside of me was more than an $800 a month kid. He recognized the potential inside of me. And he honored me by saying yes. Are you with me? Sometimes to show honor... It's going to take a step of faith. Jesus faced the same challenge, the Messiah, the Savior of all mankind. In the city that he grew up in, he was rejected. We read in the scripture, he says that, hey, a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. Literally, they ran him out of the city that he grew up in. And I think, wow, they missed out on Jesus because they were focused on their own agenda. They were more concerned with their own notions of who the Messiah could be and should be, and they missed out on the opportunity. You and I need to know that to show honor, it may take a step of faith. But yet Paul said, outdo one another in showing honor. So how do we do that? First, we've got to stop focusing on the poor behavior of the people in our sphere of influence. And second, we have to look for and affirm and value the characters inside of them that inspire us. And look at me, I don't care who they are. There are some great qualities in every single individual. We have to look for and find the things inside of people that we go, man, I love that about you. That's inspirational to me. When you act that way, it is, it, it's just motivating to me. Even if they're the biggest knucklehead in the world. You can Google character qualities and you'll find a hundred of them. Here's some of them for you today. Compassion. Maybe they're kind of lazy, but man, they just love to be around people and encourage them when they're down. Okay, well, focus in on the compassion. Dependability. They're always on time. They say they're going to be there. They're going to be there. These are qualities that are important. And you might think this sounds foolish. Look at me in the eyes. We're called to be Christ's followers, which means our life should reflect that. And we are called to outdo one another in showing honor, yet this quality is evaporating in our culture today. We don't want to honor people unless there's something in it for me. Or unless there's someone that I deem they are valuable enough to receive my honor. And I'm telling you, the scripture says it the other way around. If you want to know how to, stop focusing on the poor behaviors and start looking at the qualities that inspire. Like compassion, dependability, determination. 
honesty and humility. Generosity or integrity. Loyalty or passion. Self-control and strength. Teachability and trustworthiness. Or understanding. And I could go on and on with this list. But look at me, if you're trying to honor someone and every time you see them, you grit your teeth and clench your fist and think, I just want to punch them in the face. Remember, the scripture says to outdo everyone around you in showing that individual honor. So look for the quality that inspires you. And remember this, that that which gets rewarded gets repeated. Look at me in the eyes. Can I just tell you, I've done enough marriage counseling. I've done enough marriage counseling to tell you that one of the biggest issues with marriages today is spouses focus on the things that they hate about each other. And they constantly say it. And they constantly reaffirm how their spouse is failing at this area or that area or this area. And I'm telling you, nobody can handle that. You want to awaken a marriage and allow God to do a healing work? Start speaking to the qualities that you love about your spouse. And hey, they were in there. That's why you're with them in the first place. I love, your, I love that you're dependable. I love, it. I love that I know you're going to be here. Man, this marriage may be dying, but you're not leaving it. I love that about you. I love how generous you are when you, when you, man, you just, you, you want to give and help people see and be successful. The same thing goes for your children. Speak life into your kids. Man, you know what I love about you? I love the compassion that's in you, that when you get around friends and they're hurting, you give them a hug. And man, that's something that's so amazing and people need more of you around. Listen, if you're here and you're, you have employees that work for you, man, stop talking about all the things that they're doing wrong and start focusing in on what it is they do well. Listen to me, you'll see a change take place because what gets rewarded gets repeated. And everyone in this room would love to feel honored. We want to feel honored. Last night we were at a, an event with celebrating Jaslyn and Garrett's engagement. We're so excited for them. Yeah. I'm just going to brag on Garrett for a minute. And he, he introduced me to a, a lifelong friend. And then he just began to talk about the church. I sat back and I was so excited to hear his tale of the church. And then he said a couple of things about me. I was like, dude, I, I felt like a puppy. I was like, oh, stop it. <laughs> what was that again? I didn't hear it. Say it again. I just felt so honored. I sat back. I was like, man, what was he doing? He was just recognizing a quality in me. And I was like, man, thank you. I'm here to honor you. But let's keep talking to people. I'll go with you everywhere. (laughs) People love to feel honored. Hey, look at me for a moment. Who are the people in your life that you have not been showing honor to lately? Identify it for a moment. Write their name down. Maybe you see a list of behavior traits and qualities that you can't stand. But what is that one thing that they do that you go, man, I just love this. What is it? Focus in on that. And call it forth. Call it forth. What does that mean to call it forth? That means you speak into their life the great things that are there. You speak to the potential like Lane did, my father-in-law, when he said, Hey, even though you're making only $800 a month and you literally are cleaning toilets in the church, I believe in you. Yes, you can marry my daughter. What does that do? It awakens something inside of people. And it's an endearing quality. 
You want to see restoration take place in a relationship on any level? Hey, listen, students, high school, junior high, college, if you are being dishonorable to your parents, stop it right now. Even if you don't like the rules, that's okay. Someday you'll make the rules and you'll get it. Until then, start honoring your parents. Hey, I'm so grateful that you work so hard so that we can have a roof over our head. I don't like this food, but I'm thankful I get to eat it. I'm thankful I have a curfew because it means you care about me. You care about my safety. Thanks for paying for college. Thanks for providing a place to live so that I only have to work a part-time gig while I'm going to Saddleback. Are you tracking with me? Thanks, Megan. (laughs) Showing me honor. Last thing, to show honor, I have to live it. I have to live it. I have to live it. Listen, the marks of a Christian, this isn't like like patches on a sash like a Girl Scout. Well, I've got the patch of honor now. Mm -hmm. Girl Scouts don't sound like that. I apologize. And I do want to buy some cookies, so find me after church. (laughs) But seriously. Oh, I I, I heard a sermon on honor. Boop, Genuine. Boop, boop, I went to church. It's good. No, no, no. This, we have to live this. And it is going to be hard tomorrow. Not for the people that you love immensely, but for the people that tick you off. And we have to honor them. Well, actually, you don't have to. But it means you don't have the markings of a Christ follower. That sounds a little bit rough, but that's what Paul's saying. Are you tracking with me? We have to live it. Honor is the actualization of love. We say, I love you, but honor is the actual fruit of love. Honor shows, like Megan talked about last week, that love is genuine. Listen to this. This is worth writing down. Honor eradicates poor behavior. What gets rewarded gets repeated. Honor eradicates Poor behavior. A lack of honor says I'm motivated by judgment and jealousy, comparison and competition. The things that Megan talked about last week. But honor says, I want you to be fulfilled. Can you guys come on up? Honor says, I want you to be fulfilled. Now listen, this this is the challenge for me. And and I, I was thinking through this message. This has been kind of a life message for me for the past five years. Because I just, I feel like this, 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 this is the crux that our, it's a dying character quality in our generation. It got lost somewhere. The older generation, even, even sometimes two times removed, this was normal. You would never walk up to a door next to a woman and just let her open the door. You would stop and you would open the door and you would tip your hat to her. Say, please, after you. Right? These are small little reflections of the quality of honor. And now we are so inundated and consumed by what do I need instead of how can I help you be fulfilled. And that at the very precipice, at the very beginning is what honor is. And I feel like and I'm concerned that this this quality is eroding in our culture today. And yet this is the second marking of a Christian. 
According to this passage of scripture by Paul, he says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. And then what does he say? Love each other and outdo them in showing honor. We have to live this. Not just talk about it or flirt with the concept of it, but we have to live it. Listen, if you and your son or daughter goes to school and they're having challenges with the teacher in their class and they come home and you talk poorly about the teacher, you are not teaching honor, you're sowing seeds of rebellion. If you come home and you complain about everything that your boss is doing or not doing, look him in the eyes, you are not showing honor. It's a lack of honor. The opposite antithesis of honor, I feel, is entitlement. I'm entitled to what I want and what I need, and you should make it happen for me. It's so ticked off. I paid for this league, and you, coach, bench, I can't believe the coach benched you that entire game. That's ridiculous. You know what? We're switching teams. What am I teaching? You don't need to honor authority in your life. You do whatever you've got to do to get what you want, because that's what we're about here. Never forget, I talked on the principle of honor, and I preached about the importance of honoring your president. Look me in the eyes. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what your political persuasion is. You honor the president. You don't have to vote for him. But you, don't, don't you dare, don't you dare talk crappy about your president. You don't have to agree with what he's, what he's put in action. I don't, I don't, I literally don't care who you voted for. We're still all going to heaven. If you know Jesus. If you don't, we'll deal with that later. He's not the Antichrist. People have lived under different leadership all their life. It doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. Listen to me. I preached about praying for the president. I had a man come up to me afterwards. I can't believe you said to pray for our president. I won't tell you which one it was. I've been preaching for three, so just get over it. I won't tell you which one. He said, I can't believe you said pray for the president. I said, let me show you in the scripture where it says to do that. The Bible says that all authority is placed by God. So therefore, if I don't show him honor, I'm not valuing the giver of honor. Are you tracking with me? You don't have to vote for it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to agree with the principles. But we honor the president. And we're so grateful. God, would you give him wisdom and insight to know how to lead our country? God, would you help us be founded on biblical principles? God, would you help me to be a better father or husband or boyfriend or fiance in this season are you tracking with me husbands wives don't you dare ever talk about the poor qualities of your spouse to your kids you are setting your children up for divorce before they even get to date are you tracking well if your dad would just And then you expect your kids to honor their father when they're 16 years old? No. Why? Why would they? You don't. Well, if your mom would just make this and da da da, then you get mad when your 13, 14 year old son gets an attitude and starts talking business to your wife? Did you set a principle and a standard of showing honor in your home? Girls, if you're looking for a guy to date, get him around me. 
See how he treats me. If he can't show somebody in a position of authority, honor, kick him to the curb. And I will ask the hard questions. And you want me to. You want me to. Get him around his mom. Are y'all tracking? You smelling what I'm cooking? We have to live this. We have to stop focusing on poor behavior. We've got to focus in on the qualities that we love and that inspire us about an individual. And if we want to live this saying, that means we've got to weave it into our prayer life. Well, I don't even know how to pray. Yes, you do. If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. That's all you have to do. You just talk to God like you would talk to your friend. You can type it. He can read font on computer screens. It's good. You're laughing, but I'm serious. Like, I don't know. Just type it. Dear Jesus, write it. Speak it. Just identify the people you're having a hard time showing honor to. You start praying for them. God, would you help them to be blessed in their coming and their going, in their business and their finances and their relationships with their schooling? Midterms are coming up. God, would you give them insight and wisdom? If you start with prayer, God will shape and change and mold your heart. And when God does that to our heart, guess what it affects? Two things. Our words, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it will change our actions. Because if our heart's there and our words are there, our actions are going to follow. He said, outdo one another in showing honor. To everybody, Pastor Gary, everybody? You mean everybody. What about the person who legitimately violated me in a way that nobody should ever be violated? What about that individual? Yes, everyone. We show honor to everyone. Listen to me. Let me just pause for a minute. I am not saying that it's okay that poor behavior exists. We bring correction to poor behavior, but we don't focus on poor behavior. Jesus even had a moment of anger when he went into the temple and he saw that the leaders in the temple were not demonstrating an atmosphere of worship and he started turning tables over where they're making money and doing crazy things. He didn't go in and talk crappy about the leadership and say, you're horrible, you're horrible, you're horrible. No, he said, no, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So he was not okay with poor behavior. But he never showed a lack of honor. To his dying day. The point that he was on the cross. We read about it. In Luke chapter 23. In the amplified version. Jesus is on the cross. And it says this. And they divided his garments. And distributed them by casting lots. In other words they gambled for his clothes. Now the people stood by calmly. And leisurely watching. As a savior of mankind, gave his life on the cross. He was dying for those people. Just watch it. But the rulers, they scoffed and sneered, turned up their noses at him, saying, He rescued others from death. Let him now rescue himself. If he is the Christ, the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also ridiculed and made sport of him, 
coming up and offering him vinegar and a sour wine mixed with water and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save and rescue yourself from death. And there was also an inscription above him. The letters were Greek and Latin and Hebrew. In mockery, this is the king of the Jews. In his darkest hour, that's not, a, that's not a lack of honor. That's just disgusting, the way that they were treating him. And what did he say? What did he say? It could have shown a lack. He could have like blinked his right eye a couple times and laser beamed them all dead. I don't know, but it's possible. He could have spoken the word and a, thousands of angels descended and destroyed them all. They're mocking and jeering and just sitting by casually as though it doesn't even matter. And he looked at him, he looked up at his father in heaven, and he said, God, would you forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. He said, their value is too great. Don't hold it against them. To Jesus set the value of you and me, and whoever would believe. He paid the ransom. He gave it all. And that price is set, which means you are more important than anything else to Jesus. And the mark of a Christian should be that we honor those in our life, whether they know Christ or not, with the same amount of value. Outdo one another in showing honor. These are the marks of a Christian. Amen. Can I talk to some of you who are here today that may be wavering in your faith? Or you don't know where you stand? Maybe some of you came in and when I said, (laughs) your value is already set in the eyes of God, it was freeing for you. That your value is not determined by past mistakes or failures or shortcomings or the family that you were born into or the decisions you made this morning. But Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he paid the ultimate price for you. You see, the Bible says that there's sin in all of our life, and sin separates us from God. A feeling of despair. We can't just connect to God. I don't know what the deal is. And that's a real gap. The Bible says there's a consequence for sin. It's death and an eternity in hell. But because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross, he paid that ransom the consequence for your sin and for mine. Close that gap. He said, hey, you can experience a new life. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to get perfect. You don't have to get unjacked up. You just got to say, Jesus, I want to be yours. If you're here today and you've never made a decision, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and you don't have to get up out of your seat You don't have to do anything different, but I want to give you an opportunity to say, Jesus, I want to be yours. Look at me. Some of you in this room have been running from God and you know better. Today's the day to come back. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Now I want everybody to repeat this out loud after me today. Just say, dear God, come on, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me, that you've given me purpose, but God... I've got sin in my life. Would you forgive me? 
Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the ransom for my sin. And right here, everyone say this phrase. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Find out more about us at theocmovement.com or we'd love to meet you in person this Sunday. Until next time, Orange County.